millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Welcome to Timeline Tapes the podcast from the World History YouTube channel, Timeline. I'm Nate Fisher. This show takes films and TV shows from our channel, which is filled with tons of great films and series that not everyone has time to watch, and turns them into podcasts instead. This is the second in a two-part episode exploring the truth behind one of the most notorious names in Russian history, Rasputin. If you missed episode one, check back in our feed and catch up. So far, we've learned how Rasputin gained his godly reputation. Now we're looking at how he picked up enemies along the way. You might be familiar with the man already, so you can probably guess that due to the nature of our subject, there is some explicit language and sexual references throughout, so please be advised. Our voice for this show is unmistakable. He's been a foe to the X-Men and to his children in succession. It's Logan Roy himself, Brian Cox. Alongside Brian, you'll hear historian Dan Healy of Swansea University, expert on the occult Adrian Bott, and author Colin Wilson. One disciple, Olga Lochtina, became convinced that Rasputin was Christ and that she was the Holy Virgin. Abandoning her children and wealthy husband, she descended into madness and was seen holding Rasputin's penis while screaming, You are Christ and I am your you. He said she was a skunk who demanded sin. It was not sex. It was way to God. He took everything which was terrible in their souls. They became absolutely clean. They became like children. They like themselves in that moment because they were on the heaven. For them, it was absolutely normal. It was non-stop connection between sex, religion, miracles, and so on. But outside the apartment, Rasputin was making enemies. Senior politicians heard rumors that the new friend of the Empress was not to be trusted. Secret police were put on his tail, and their reports only fueled more rumors that the Empress Alexandra was confiding in a dark force. December the 1st. From the monastery, Rasputin went to Goncharna and took a prostitute to a hotel. Third December, he visited the offices of two religious newspapers after which he took a prostitute in December. After visiting Mrs. Golovin and her daughter, he took a prostitute. That evening, he went to the royal palace. 
The dark one walked around the streets accosting women with vile suggestion. After visiting two prostitutes, he went to see the Golovins. The dark one left there around two o'clock and again hired a prostitute and went to the bathhouse with her. And it was in the privacy of the St. Petersburg bathhouses that Rasputin's new religious doctrine really took shape. A team of secret police officers had been appointed to keep watch on Rasputin day and night. Increasingly, he was seen entering bathhouses with both aristocrats and prostitutes. For Russian peasants, bathhouses were places of magic and superstition. Most Siberians were born in one, and there were places to conjure spirits, both good and evil. The bathhouses were places of carnal sin in the most deep and pure sense. These are wet, moist wombs, and here people come into contact with the spirituality of the flesh, the worship, the adoration of that which is carnal. This is one of the bathhouses where he would have come frequently. To Rasputin's mind, these were places where he would come to conduct a particular kind of holy service. You see, Rasputin had a peasant's mentality in many ways, and he dealt with the devil exactly as you deal with a Siberian wolf. He was hunting the devil down on the devil's own turf. Rasputin seems to have taken the devil into himself, waged that whole spiritual battle on the turf of his own body. He was calling the devil forth, taking the devil into his own flesh. He performed this ritual where he was trying to exercise the demon of lechery. And in fact, beating the woman that he brought into the bathhouse with him, roaring at her, going on about the demon of lechery and how he was going to beat it out of her. Then, afterwards, they copulated, they fucked. He was convinced in himself that he was strong enough to carry out these unorthodox forms of worship. He was strong enough to take the Holy Spirit within him into the places where the devil, as he would have seen it, dwelled. These escalating battles with the devil soon started to take their toll. He was seen leaving the bathhouses, talking wildly with himself. It was conversation with devil on the street. Devil for him was a real person, and he had non-stop conversation with him. He's on this spiritual journey, and he thinks he can drive out sin by sinning. But in fact, the sin captures him, 
and he can't drive it out. He's angry with the demons that are inside of him that he can't actually get rid of. Those who have the power to work miracles are liable to suffer something which is called spiritual temptation, which basically means that your power source is suddenly switched so that you are performing miracles by the devil's power rather than God's. They're still miracles, they're just evil miracles. So when word got out that Rasputin was not only working miracles, but also living what was perceived to be a terribly debauched and dissolute lifestyle, the authorities of the church took action. Hermogen and Iliodor, key figures in securing Rasputin's access to the throne, lured Rasputin to a basement where they accused him of using the power of the devil to work his healing miracles. He was quite happy up until the point when they rounded on him and really laid into him quite viciously, telling him that he was in a state of spiritual temptation, that he had gone too far, that what he was doing was of the Antichrist. And Hermogen at one point grabbed him by the penis and said, this, this is what is leading you. They battered him with a crucifix. They literally, physically belaboured him with it. Deeply shocked, Rasputin reported the event to the Tsarina, saying that the two clerics had tried to kill him. Within a month, she banished them both from the city. But Iliador was not to be silenced and fled to Finland disguised as a woman, plotting a way to kill what he saw as the devil incarnate. Rasputin went back to his own village of Pokrovsko on the 27th of June, 1914. The following day, at about 2.15 in the afternoon, the postman brought him a telegram. Rasputin wandered out um, to the post office to send a return telegram. This time, the most peculiar looking woman came up to him and Rasputin handed, handed her some arms. And then suddenly she lunged at him with a knife and um, managed to get the knife more or less into his stomach. Zenia Gusyeva a deformed ex-prostitute with no nose had been sent by Iliador to kill Rasputin. Despite pulling his intestines out of his body, she failed to kill him. But his long stay in hospital was to have a huge impact on the fate of Europe. Just hours earlier, Archduke Franz Ferdinand was assassinated 2,000 miles away in Sarajevo, sending Europe spiraling into the worst war the world had yet seen. Rasputin was probably the only person who could have talked the Tsar out of mobilizing, but stranded in Siberia, he was helpless. There was nothing Rasputin could do about it by the time he got out of hospital and went to see the Tsar. He wrote to him from hospital saying, please, no war, no war. The Tsar didn't want to hear because declaring war had suddenly made him the most popular man in Russia, and he never had any popularity before that, not with the ordinary people. Now seeing these great cheering crowds wherever he went, he didn't want to hear what Rasputin had to tell him, but Rasputin proved to be perfectly right. The war, in fact, was the end of Russia. Rasputin wrote a letter to the Tsar. A terrible storm cloud hangs over Russia. Disaster, grief, murky darkness, and no light. A whole ocean of tears. There is no counting them, and so much blood. 
I can find no words to describe the horror. We will all drown in blood. The disaster is great. The misery, infinite. Rasputin returned to St. Petersburg more powerful than he'd ever been. The Empress summoned him to the palace and asked his advice on the war effort. Of course, when the war started and the Tsar went off to the front, then quite suddenly Rasputin, in a sense, became Tsar. With her husband away from home, Alexandra became increasingly dependent on Rasputin, becoming convinced that the safety of her family was entirely in his hands. He began regularly advising her on affairs of state and the war, advice that she duly passed on to Nicholas at the front. In the space of two years, Rasputin oversaw the appointment of four prime ministers, four war ministers, and six ministers of the interior. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Welcome back to Timeline Tapes. As we reach the end of Rasputin's life, followed by the fall of the House of Romanov. Rasputin was in many ways behind a desk. He was hiring and firing ministers. He not only moved in circles of power, he created circles of power according to who was on side and who wasn't. Nearly all Rasputin's interference in politics was a disaster. Nearly all of his nominees and so on were total idiots. Things just went from bad to worse with Rasputin as the man who was making the suggestions. The war was a disaster, the worst Russia had ever suffered, bringing the entire country to its knees. Four million Russians were killed, and St. Petersburg became awash with rumor, refugees, and mass demonstrations. 
The suicide rate tripled. The cost of bread quadrupled. Bakeries were looted. The air was thick with talk of revolution. Just strike a tiny match, said one observer, and everything will go up in flames. By 1914, St. Petersburg was the capital of a nation at war. The poet Gippius called it a lunatic asylum, with the inmates of the city unable to tell the difference between what's real and what's false. But no one felt the madness more than Rasputin, whose personal battles with the devil were proving too much. His health began to break down, and that when his health began to break down, he ceased to have this healing ability that he'd had. He tried to heal some woman who'd come along to him with awful arthritis, and had sat there praying and praying and praying, and somehow nothing happened. He couldn't get down to that deep level inside himself where the power came from. And it was then that I think he began to feel that um, he, like everybody else, was due for extinction. Do you know that soon I shall die in terrible pain? God has sent me to be sacrificed, to save our dear sovereign and holy Russia. Despite my terrible sins, I am a Christ in miniature. He wrote to the Empress prophesying his own murder. I wish to make known that if your relations bring about my death, then none of your family will remain alive for more than two years. They will all be killed by the Russian people. Tell your relatives that I have already paid for them with my blood. I shall be killed. I am no longer among the living. Pray and be strong. I think he was a deeply troubled spirit, as it were, that he really was wrestling with forces that he didn't feel that he could control. Rasputin visited his friend Filipov, sobbing after a drunken night with St. Petersburg gypsies. He'd squandered 2,000 rubles and had to visit the Empress that same day. Rasputin wept, declaring that he was no longer holy, but was a devil, a demon. Outside, the city had been rechristened Chetrograd, Devil Town, and the streets were buzzing with the rumor that Rasputin was a spy who shared the bed of the half-German empress. He had split the nation. To some, he was the voice of old Russia advising the throne. To others, he represented all that was wrong with the Tsar and the court. He was ignorant, corrupt, and far too powerful. Rasputin's real political significance is as a negative, as an image of the treason which was believed at a national level existed in the court. The problem that all people had with Rasputin was that he was basically bringing the autocracy down. They thought that they could still salvage the divine principle of autocracy of Russian nationalism, which went with it, so long as they could get rid of this malevolent influence. Finally, a fanatical politician called Perushkevich made a sensational speech in the state parliament, 
naming Rasputin as a dark force. A rascal, a a dirty literal peasant is playing with our churchmen. What that beast are they taking us into? I want to sacrifice myself and kill this vile creature. Evil comes from those dark forces, from the influences headed by Rasputin, the evil genius of Russia. The next day, he received a telephone call from a young aristocratic bisexual called Felix Yusupov. Felix Yusupov was one of the richest men in Russia, probably the richest, and immensely good-looking. Uh, he was a dandy and a well-known homosexual who had, it seems, had homosexual relations with Rasputin. Convinced that Rasputin had become the satanic power behind the throne, Yusupov and Perushkevich approached the Tsar's cousin, Pavlovich. Together, the three men hatched a plot to salvage the royal dynasty. Yusupov's account of how he killed the mad monk of Siberia has become the ultimate Rasputin legend. On the day of Rasputin's death, Yusupov had asked him to go around there at an odd time midnight to meet his wife, Irina, who was known as one of the most beautiful women in St. Petersburg. They waited until the secret police had stopped hanging around Rasputin's apartment, and then they went to pick Rasputin up in a car, and they took him back to the Yusupov Palace. There he was taken down to a basement dining room, which had been laid out as if for a meal, and um, what's more, they tried to make it look as if a, a lot of people had been sitting around the table. They twisted up the napkins and poured a bit of tea into the teacups and all that kind of thing. And so Rasputin um, sat there quite contentedly. He was told that um, Irina was still upstairs with the remaining guests, and that as soon as they'd gone, they'd have a conversation. Rasputin sat there. They presented him with a plate containing lots and lots of cream cakes, and uh, they also presented him with wine, and Rasputin at first didn't um, touch either. Then, finally, Rasputin got a bit bored with all this and proceeded to eat the cakes and to swig down the wine. Now, there was enough cyanide, both in the wine and the cakes, to kill most people. Two hours and a half, he continued to be still alive after he ate endless cakes with According to Yusupov, the massive doses of poison had no effect. He started to believe that Rasputin was being protected by demonic forces. Panicking, he ran back upstairs, borrowed a revolver, and returned to confront him. You would expect Rasputin to do something violent then, or at least to plead for his life. He didn't either, apparently just stood there. Um, while Yusupov let off a shot at him and Rasputin sank to the carpet. They were upstairs celebrating the, the death of Rasputin, but Felix couldn't shake the idea that something might be wrong. He opened the door and saw the body which was on the floor, but when he began to see, he saw how one of Rasputin's eyes a little bit began to open. 
he was still alive. Back from the dead, Rasputin tried to throttle Yusupov, who broke free, started screaming, and fled upstairs. The doctor who had supplied the cyanide fainted in terror. Then they went back downstairs, and to their horror, Rasputin wasn't there anymore. And then they found that he crawled up a flight of stairs out of the room and was crawling across the courtyard in the snow. Out in the courtyard, Yusupov fired twice at point-blank range, but Rasputin kept going, shouting back that he was going to tell the Empress. Then the Tsar's cousin, Pavlovich, fired two more shots, hitting him squarely in the back and then the head. Yusupov ran over in hysterics and began bludgeoning the body with a metal kosh. The shot poisoned bloody but still not quite dead Rasputin is bundled up, stuffed into a car and driven many miles out in the ice and snow to a bridge on the outskirts of St. Petersburg. By five in the morning, the conspirators were stuffing Rasputin's body through a hole in the ice hoping that the current would drag it out to sea. But two days later, a grotesque frozen corpse was pulled from the river. The superstitious of St. Petersburg flocked to the site, scooping up water that the dead man had lain in. An autopsy found water in his lungs, suggesting he was still alive when thrown into the river. Yusupov promptly wrote an account of his battle to kill the devil. They prefer to create legend about devil. They gave him cakes, they continued to be still alive. They shot him, they continued to be still alive, and devil returned and tried to kill one of them, but they shot him. Five men shot the only, not mujik, not peasant, but devil. His body was buried, then dug up and burnt at a roadside just as he'd predicted months earlier. His own death at the hands of the Tsar's relatives led to the complete annihilation of the royal family. Within 12 months of his murder, Nicholas, Alexandra, and all five children were gunned down in a Siberian cellar. Rasputin's friends were shot by firing squad. Civil war broke out and the nation imploded. I think he was a holy man in the fullest sense of the word. All of these other things, the seductions and so on, can be explained as a part of his peculiar obsession with getting rid of sin through sin. For Russia, Rasputin continued to be full of fantastic hypnotic forces, who was really, in many moments of his life, he was superman. He was a simple man who liked liquor, was a good lecher, and who um, liked the influence he had over people of a higher social status than himself. So he was an adventurer. No one can be sure whether Rasputin was simply a misunderstood peasant or a devil in the flesh. Whatever the truth, his image has become a modern icon of evil and darkness, Russia's own Holy Devil. Thanks for listening to Timeline Tapes. Next week, we're looking at something completely different and exploring what's known as cocaine mummies. But if you can't wait to learn more, you can head over to our YouTube channel, where there's hundreds more documentaries for you to watch. 
If you want to reach out to Timeline Tapes, you can email us at timeline at little.studios.com, and you can also follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Those are both at TimelineWH. If you enjoyed this show, please subscribe, give us a five-star rating, and write a short review as well. I've been Nate Fisher. This has been Timeline Tapes. Let's go down in history together. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.